What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Speed Bumps with Austin Evans, where we learn from the mistakes and speed bumps of life, mental speed bumps, friendships, relationships, health, fitness, and my favorite, business. So today, guys, I have an awesome guest, um, longtime friend. This guy, he's going to give you some nuggets. He's the owner of a top 1% brokerage for Berkshire Hathaway. He's the host of a very successful podcast called Day One Dollar Zero, which has its own story behind the name. Um, he has great success on YouTube. He's a former badass Marine. Um, he's recently featured on Andy Frisella's podcast as well as Ryan Pineda's. And he's now getting to, he's getting booked to speak himself and coach for others. Um, he does all this while being a father, a husband, and really an all around great dude. I could go on and on for the guy. He really doesn't need the ego boost though. <laughs> Anyways, great guy. Without further ado, Will Grimes. Welcome, What's Will. What's up, man? Hey, I like how you put father and uh, husband at, at the end because, like, I want to be best at that, but, like, I'm probably not, right? No, like, I save the best for last. That's why oh, is that how that works. It's the most important thing, so I want to make sure it's, it's in people's heads. We are. And, hey, okay. just a correction. So we left Berkshire Hathaway, mildly interesting, but we got uber big, man. We transitioned to uh, EXP, a company called EXP, so we could just be uh, more worldwide. So we've got about 120 agents with us now that we've acquired just in the past year, all teaching them everything we've done to build what we're going to talk about today. But, um, nope, super cool. Um, father parts fun, man. I've got a five week old baby. So you might I know it might hear him at some point, right? Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. See best for last, most important for last. That's why I say it there. I like, so, it. I like it. So will, Hey, you've had a ton of success, especially here in the last five years or so. And we could sit here all day long and talk about your Lamborghini and cool shit you have and everything else. That's not the point. This is speed bumps. So, I don't want to start there at all. That's not the point of this. Um, I want to start by spending time talking about, you know, um, ultimately getting into the position you were in when we first met and mm -hmm. how we met. I want to get into life when you hit me up for five grand for a loan. And Was and it I, five grand? I thought it was 1200 You hit me up for a few grand. I don't know. But regardless, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and getting started. So let's rewind way back, okay? I want to yep. talk first about transitioning into you, um, you know, becoming and then transitioning out of becoming a marine and let's play the script from there yeah so man as as romantic as that probably sounds you know on my transition out of the marine corps i came home and i got into police work right so it just it wasn't much of a change believe it or not man and i had i had ambition for more and i wanted to you know just do more and accomplish more i didn't know what more meant mm -hmm. i think we've all been in that place where like we're daydreaming or Hey, it'd be nice to do this or do that, but just, you just can't quite put your finger on like what that looks like. And when you, when you can't quite put your finger on what it looks like, it just means you've got more growing to do more exploring to do. And I think this is where people get very, this is where people stop is there might be transitioning out of something or they're, they're at a day job or whatever it may be. And like, there's, there's more and they just can't quite figure out like what more is. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like you're not necessarily supposed to know like what that more is. What it does mean, though, is, hey, it's probably time to start taking that step and venturing out, right? So I didn't necessarily have a ton of, like, more, per se, when I was leaving the Marine Corps. I knew I wanted to come home, and I wasn't quite sure what it looked like, and I had a certain skill set, and that applied to, um, you know, to police work. I did a lot of um, – I was the lead – I wanted the lead instructors for Urban Assault Leaders course at division schools for the Marine Corps, which gave me a lot of just instruction – which meant you're articulating the same thing 10 different ways for 10 different people. And I go to the police world. I think we had like 2000 applicants back then. That's when police work was still sought after and popular. And mm -hmm. 
I was number one on the oral board out of like 2000 folks, man, which was cool. Cause we had our mayor as part of my board. There's like four people in there and the room I happened to go into was where the mayor was at. And I also think I scored like an 82 on the written test. So wow. the aura board helped me. Uh, sh- what, what is the aura board? What is that? Uh, it's an interview. You're, you're there and like, they either have you sitting or standing and they have a, a certain amount of questions for you. Uh, some that are related to police work, some that are not, some that are related to life or citizenship or, hey, you uh, you arrive on a call. Here's what's going on. They just want to see your order of operations on how you process thought. Yeah. Uh, and so it was more so like the execution of everything and then your ability to articulate execution. Uh, I was number one overall. Written okay. test, not so good. Um, you know, I, can, I can relate to that. Yeah. Well, and the test that they had to take was very similar to like an ACT. So I'm just, I'm not sure if it's just like a general, your knowledge uh, test. I don't think it overly applies to police work, but thank goodness for being able to run my freaking mouth at the oral board. It wouldn't have happened, but I think it was just me getting what I would call a land grab. Right. So, you know, I, I definitely knew I wanted, I definitely, definitely knew I want to, I want to get out of the Marine Corps. Right. Give me one mm-hmm. second. Awesome. Yeah. No worries. How my four-year-old sneak behind the counter? And I was like, "Who's talking?" That's um, all right. That's all right. So, I, so getting back to it, <clears throat> I knew I wanted to come home mm-hmm. for the most part, not necessarily forever, and, but I definitely knew it was time for me to get out of the Marine Corps and just transition and just take that skill set somewhere else. And man, I think maybe people go all in or go for like these big wins or this big romantic thing to go do, and I'm just not sure if that's applicable for a lot or if it's applicable for applicable for me. But getting home. I knew would just put me into an atmosphere of just meeting new people, yeah, getting around different environments. And then, so after five years of police work, right? Like I had a buddy that owned a, a fitness company. He had just franchised and man, I used to talk to that guy. Uh, cause I would, I'd shop, I'd buy supplements from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd talk and brainstorm and he'd hear all the ideas I have for just more and just different stuff. And it finally got to a point where he's like, Hey man, like, what do you think about if you, if you just, if you left and came here and helped me grow this, and I said, man, I hadn't even really like thought about it yet. But he's like, hey, man, you're, you're super fit. You're super passionate. But he's like, all of your passion for fitness is coming from what it's done for you mentally, not physically. Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I, th- I think there's something to be said about that. I think we can build a culture around that. Um, and he's like, I got no money to pay you. Yeah. But if we can sell more supplements or something to at least break even, like, then we're okay. And like, that was cool super high risk now you know and like but it was cool to think about because it felt like the first time i was kind of like just taking business risk or entrepreneur risk because like you leave the police department man half those guys don't want you to win because you winning means they should have done what they thought of and they never did it right it makes people feel less than yeah unfortunately some guys want to see you lose because it validates that them staying at the department versus chasing something for themselves was the right answer. Now that's not everybody, but unfortunately, man, that's, that's true in the police ward. It's also just true with people you grow up with and any other form of friendship, right? Like any circle you're going to have that. And um, yeah, man. So I, I, I got rid of a ton of stuff. I got rid of the place that I was renting out and I slept on his couch in the basement and uh, my ability to come influence the team and everybody that was there increased sales of uh, product sales and everything else. And the first month we broke even, we made just enough extra to pay for uh, the quote unquote salary we were kind of giving me, but there was no guaranteed salary. It was just like, we're not going to pay you more than this, Yeah. but Hey, we can at least pay you this. Just so I had some predictable income. And there was so some what, other expenses in there. 
What year did you make the jump to Fit Republic? Oh man, was that um fifteen or sixteen? Somewhere in there. So, so for listeners who listen to me, follow me. Um, you know, my first business was Fit Republic. So this is actually how Will and I met. Yeah. Um, I, I went to franchise my first business, uh, my first real business. I had lots of failed ones before this, but my first real venture, you know, uh, biting off some debt and jumping in after my dreams was uh, my store Fit Republic. And so I opened mm-hmm. in December of 2015. I think Will had been with the company somewhere around a year or so, six yeah. months. And, um, and we met and man, I don't know how you feel. This is kind of funny. We're going to do this right on the spot here. All the first year we met and knew each other, I feel like we always clicked from the start of having um, having both ambitious personalities, a, a, a desire for success. And, and, and part of, like you said, when you got out of the Marine Corps and going into the police work, it was like you had this burning desire within, but you struggled to figure out what it was. And so this leap probably helped you sort of find that. So we get in yeah. and here's what I was saying, put them on the spot, put us on the spot. First year of us getting to know each other. I look at it like this. We were friends and clicked in a lot of ways, but we're both driven. So driven that we butt heads quite a bit in that first year. Um, that's mm-hmm. how I seem to remember it. I feel like we butt heads, but it was in a good way. And I feel like there's something to glean there, which is not all of your, relationships especially you know successful ones where people bring you up and the people you need to be around are always sunshine and rainbows you know every single time we called each other it wasn't hey will hey austin how's how's it going it's going great how are you i mean we kind of butt heads but always deep down clicked is that how you kind of view that first year or so yeah. I mean, look, man, you just had some learning to do. Right. So like you were just going to butt heads with me, man. Like I knew everything <laughs> and me. you didn't know much. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, you know, um, it's productive conflict and it comes from people being passionate about what they do. And I think, you know, looking back where the, the butting heads or the productive friction that came about was you and I had a, had, we had the same goal, but we had different scopes as far as skill set. Like you were super into the social media and the Snapchat and the different things that were creating attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm su- I was super focused on in-person experience and conversion yep. as far as like community relationships, training, proficiency. And that's very indicative of like the Marine Corps, right? Like the Marine Corps could give a fuck if you know about it. But if you do, then there's a great impression that's there and it stands test of time. And you end up making people resilient, not reliant because you're creating other leaders. So my thing was just being dialed in with like people around you, were they the right people around you? Were they getting the right level of training and adequacy to make sure that the impression of that store was never sacrificed because you weren't on the floor. Mm-hmm. So there's some like practical operation stuff that was there. I wasn't right or wrong. You weren't right or wrong. It Both, took all those things. Well, they work congruently. Yes. As in you got to have attention and you got to have social media and being tip of spear and like, man, I'm one of the biggest guys doing that right now in my, in my lane. For, mm-hmm. for where I'm at. So I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of it. It's just learning the different layers of what makes the totality of a business well. And you and I were both young in business. So the only layer you had was the one you understood. The only layer I had was the one I understood. It was through productive conflict that we both started adopting and just understanding and translating to one another the different layers. It's not one or the other. It's both. Yeah. But you and I having some productive conflict was really just the translation and getting each other to understand how they both work congruently, right? And I think the energy was there. And I'm not gonna, I'm not here to bad talk anybody. I'm just gonna speak matter of fact. 
Mm-hmm. You and I just had a lot more. You ever like travel out of the country? You're in like, I don't know, Bangladesh and like someone walks up and they, they're from America. And you're like, oh, fuck, you speak English? Like, they're your best friend, dude. I made a post about this one time. Could, you could be from New York. They could be from California. They could be a criminal. None of it matters. It's like, oh, you're American. You speak English? Like, oh, dude, like I'm trying to find yes. my way. Like, for all you know, they're going to kidnap you. But in, the, in, that, in that lane, they're like your best friend, man. They're from, it's something that's familiar. You and I were both young hustlers speaking the same language in a foreign country. Yes. Okay, man, that's – I, I mean – I made a post about that a few years ago about how like, you know, when you're, when you're in, out, out of your normal environment, you can mm-hmm. find common ground with people so easily, but mm-hmm. then day to day in our normal life, it's like, man, we struggle so hard to find that. Common right. Ground. But here's what was dangerous, not dangerous, but here's what was limiting. You and I had a, a lot better vibe than, than probably more so the powers that be we'll call it for that company. Yeah. Not bad people. So it's not that, but I no, will say man, like, there was not necessarily any over, over negativity or anything like that, but something that became more and more true for me, like I don't have any hardcore haters, man. And if I do, I don't know about them. I, I, maybe I'm not big enough to have them. I'll say here's what is true where I've had to find out with relationships. People want you to win as long as it's not more than them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was a little bit of limiting back then because of like, I didn't own the thing like you were a franchise guy like and I feel there's a little bit of friction there because we had the potential to be bigger than maybe the powers that be right as far yeah. as like the, yeah you know, the, the, the leadership of the company at the time yes they didn't necessarily yeah. want us to lose but they didn't necessarily want something to outgrow the establishment in the first place and I'm only saying this because it's out of love it's out of everything but it's also not just where we were at like I've seen the consistency with that man like like now that I'm in the coaching world, right. And I'm, I'm crushing elite one-on-one coaching and guys will be excited for you. And then you start making a hit. And then all of a sudden, like they don't necessarily throw you those casual gold nuggets or two cents or think about this and think about that anymore on the phone because they start kind of clamming up because they think you're competition now that you're on the map Yep. and they don't respect abundance, man. Like it's not like there's so much out there. They let that affect them. And I think if there's, Anything I've kind of had to challenge myself with seeing and being okay with, especially with people that I'm friends with. I'm a people person. I, I care. Like, I, like I get excited about new friendships. And but there's a lot of that. Like they want you to win, but not more than them. Just not more than them, though, right? Like there's this whole thing. Like you came in at this level, and they're at this level, and they, they want that to. Yeah, it's a giant scarcity not. complex. It's a giant scarcity complex of, yeah. I mean, it, it starts making people feel uncomfortable. And so back to us, us, and when we, our first so years, you and I never had that. Like I never, no, like, that was my no. main point is like you and I would vibe and be productive, whether it was conflict or not on just, on just business. And the one thing that was liberating about once I branched off to do my own thing, I know we'll rewind, we'll tell that story, Yeah. but it was letting me be me. Cause the reality was I worked for the, I was number two in that company. Yep. You were the franchise, but you owned your own stuff. Like when I, I was number one in my company, Republic. It was now just me being me, which meant I could actually relate even more to you, right? Like, I think back then I had entrepreneurial tendencies. Mm -hmm. I think I had great influence, but it still wasn't mine to call shots on. And kind of like breaking through that, let you and I grow even more so as friends. Yeah. And I think, man, don't you think productive conflict, productive conflict needs to be normalized? Yeah. Yeah. Conflict's almost the wrong word for it. Like, it is. 
Well, and it's not not for you and I because we don't we don't get so subjective. But people have such a negative, you know, connotation um, with the word. Yeah, versus like, dude, it's got to like if you don't have people. But here's the thing: you've got to like. I don't do well with unsolicited advice, especially if it's someone that hasn't grown or done something on their own. So I don't mean you should just have quote unquote productive conflict with like people that don't actually know what the fuck they're talking about. They just like having conflict. But when you've got two guys that are at, you know, that are in the game, that are both playing the game and passionate about the game and are both strong believers in their tactics. Well, yeah, man. Cause like that friction is what forges the overlay of like you adopting some of mine, me adopting some of yours. And then you're just, you're just more well-rounded and it's dude, it's no different than sports. It's so acceptable like, for example, hustle, grind, working a lot, dedication, working extra hours, perfecting your craft, productive conflict. That's what team does. All of this shit is celebrated in sports, mm-hmm. especially at the highest level with the Tom Brady's. But if you and I are doing that, it's not the same thing. And like that yeah. has to get out of the way. Like there is more competition and athletic mindset per se in entrepreneurship and building business just as much, if not more than how athletes approach what they do. I think we've just, I I think we've just romanticized the passion that's allowed to be displayed on a field to then make all those things acceptable versus realizing, Hey man, it's kind of just, it kind of just is embodied by competitive humans in general, but it gets alienated with what we do, except for the few that actually grow. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think the sports is a great metaphor. Well, I was going to say, I just want to share it because it clicks for me too. Similar to that, working out, working out. We go in the gym, we put thousands of little micro tears in our muscles, and then yep. those those tears hurt, and then they recover and they grow over. They callous for the next time, which is why we get stronger. Yeah, it's the same shit. Like you have to have those tough conversations, that productive conflict, in order to be able to grow. In order to, and you just got to make better. sure it's with the right people. Yeah, you just yeah, have to 100%. make sure that like. You got to make sure that people's intention is pure. You got to make sure like, like if Tom Brady is arguing with a guy on the field or off the field on the sidelines, you, you got to imagine that at some point they're both asking themselves the question, like, are both guys in this for the team to win? Yeah. Are we both, are we both in it for the, for the same reason and both committing the same amount? And I'd, I'd venture to say Julian Edelman and Tom Brady, if they're butting heads, it's all for the sake of, you know, they're passionate, but they're, they they want to win and they want their team to win. It's not because one guy wants to be bigger than the other. It's not because one guy wants to be captain. And I think you and I, man, we were just expressing our, our passion for wanting to win. And I know wholeheartedly you've always wanted me to win and I've always wanted you to win. So I think before people get too eager to have productive conflict, you got to really set the stage and, and just take a step back and, and process who you're having that with, because yeah. you might mistake conflict for productive conflict. You might forsake someone just always having some shit to say for productive conflict because we're talking about it today. And then you get kickback from someone and you're like, Oh, this is it. This is, yeah. This is yeah. It. like, no, 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 no. no. You're just picking, asshole, you're man. just like, chewing my ass. Really. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So sure. I, think, but I think that's where like, as you assess, as you get a smaller circle, as there's trust, you just get better at, you know, judgment and, and man, I'll always take someone's two cents more so for me just being polite and being appropriate and not losing my cool. Or if someone's giving me some unsolicited advice, whatever, like always be kind about it for the most part, because I'd rather just not let it get to me than have to 
prove a point to somebody. I used to do that. I don't know if you used to do that, man, but I would debate with anybody about business, bro. Especially when I was in it, like to be some dude half drunk at the damn bar that works wherever. Yeah. But man, like if I think something works, I'll, I'll tell it to everybody versus like now if I'm getting some suggestions, I'll politely receive them knowing, Hey man, I'm not changing that guy's mind, nor is that have any bearing on what we should be doing. And you kind of just thank them for their time and, and yeah. move on. Like, I think that's where I've gotten more poised, but but just to get back to it, yeah, if you've got people in your corner that are the right people and you guys are challenging each other on what you're doing or why you're doing it, thousand percent, man, thousand yeah. percent is productive. Yeah. So, okay, Fit Republic Day. So that comes to an end. Um, you know, that transitionary time into Fit Republic to whatever was next. I believe that's whenever we talked and, and, and I love sharing the story because of the massive success you are now. So we would be... I would be remiss if I didn't mention you asking me for a loan. That's why I bring this up. So for everybody listening, I don't bring it up to blast will. I bring it up because no matter how low you feel, no matter how low you are, you're going to go through shit and -hmm. you can, you can achieve whatever. And will's a testament to that. So um, I'm going to tell my perspective of it. And then I want you to tell me your perspective of it. So yeah. So real quick, before you get into it, right before that, when I committed to leaving fit Republic, um, all on good terms. Matter of fact, the gentleman that owned it, he's like, Hey man, I, you know, cause I, I, the last two months I was there, I worked harder than ever. And I think leaving something better than you got it gives you a lot of peace of mind, gives you a lot of in- integrity behind what something meant to you. If yeah. you're going to triple down on your work ethic and set everybody else up for a win before you bounce. So I, I took two full months of being there absolutely crushing, uh, before I stepped down and then, it seems exciting, right? Your events off, you're going to do your own thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, man, it was getting real. And I got hit up by Crunch Fitness, which are pretty much the old district and regional guys for 24 hour fitness. And they were creating Crunch. And a gentleman knew me uh, from back in the day. He also was super aware of what I grew with Fit Republic. And he's like, hey, man, I would absolutely have love to have a guy like you on my team in Colorado. We're building Colorado man, it'd be awesome to have you uh, as a part of it. Let me guess, you about kissed your future dreams goodbye because of that comfort. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. That's the devil. That's the devil, man. Instant gratification. Like that's the devil creeping in. And, and I was nervous. I was scared. I was insecure about like that real jump, man. Like that's, those are real feelings. Those are real things. And, um, you know, I made decent money at Fit Republic, but I wasn't necessarily that good with it. I didn't spend a lot, but I wasn't just thinking about that. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I decided to take it, man. And they wanted to start me at a, at a general manager. So just running one gym, uh, that was going to open in like 90 or three or four months. I was cool with that. Cause I think you should learn how to run one of their gyms before you become a district guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I'm starting at that infantry level and dude, I absolutely crushed. I was, I was at Walmarts and mega churches in the area. I was cranking like 30 membership signups a day. And I knew the comp plan, how it was structured. I'm like, Hey man, like I can really get in early on this thing and like do well, I can crush. I'll be a district guy in a year or two. Mm-hmm. But even before that I'm doing the math on the comp plan, six figures, mm-hmm. you know, which was like a huge deal back then. Right. I'm like, great. So I'm absolutely crushing. And these guys are coming into town a week prior to grand opening to teach everybody the computer systems and all this. And that was a whole other shit show of the training yeah. and just dealing with a new company. But they also, man, this is like where this is where I really hated myself because one of the guys was like, Hey man, we've got a new comp plan coming out. You're absolutely going to love it. 
Um, no rush. I'll share it with you once I once I get to town and we're doing onboarding for everybody. I'm like, awesome. It's going to get better. You got a new comp plan. It's, it's awesome. I should be excited. Fuck yeah. And when he gets there, he's, he's walking me through this and it's not better. Not only is it not better, it, it probably took about 75 grand away. It was a punishment. But it they was, were, hey, you're doing really well. And we didn't plan for that. But then they were given like this long-term play. Uh-huh. You know, and like as much as like I was like insulted, because you guys see me, right? Like best compliment I ever got from one of my close buddies. He goes, bro, you're so much smarter than you look. And he's just really good looking. For the listeners guy. who can't see the video, Will's all tatted up, so he's referring to that. <laughs> and, I, and I am. I'm, I'm like good looking in like a Tom Hardy way, like a rough <laughs> – been through a lot of shit. I'll keep a like if you like safe. a guy that's been road hard and put away wet and he's wearing an yeah. Oakland A's hat right now. Yeah, man. Oakland like, A's are gonna leave Oakland because they suck. That's your guy. <laughs> it's baseball culture, is what I'm celebrating. But what I'm getting at is like yeah. for the women that want to feel safe and secure and protected, like I'm I'm probably extremely attractive. If you want a, a good looking guy like Austin, I'm just not your guy, right? <laughs> but here's where I got upset at myself is when this guy's giving me this dog shit comp plan as much as I was insulted that he was treating me like I was stupid and wouldn't understand Mm -hmm. his bullshit pontification of selling me something else. I was more insulted at myself that I let that happen. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, what am I doing? Like, this is exactly what I deserve. If I'm going to go work for the man again, like why, why would I ever expect something different? And you know what? They might've had a viable reason for changing a complaint because they didn't expect me to do that and they couldn't afford to pay me with their first gym in Colorado and they're just coming from California. Like what, what do I know? I don't, what I do know is, well, what I do know is instead of him being straight up, he tried to, he tried to pontificate thinking that he could outsmart me with, Mm -hmm. with just basic stuff that was insulting. But again, it was more insulting to myself that I put myself in that position. And that was just the, that was just the, um, that was the writing on the wall of like, Hey bro, you committed to this. You let this little comfort, this little shiny thing, um tease you and because you were scared or nervous this seemed like a great idea you probably made it a better idea in your head than it was because it was comfortable and like that was enough pain bro that was enough friction for me to just like hey man whatever it takes like i need to go turn this stone and figure it out and so i did so you left so i left and i i took a little bit of space for like a week or so but like look man i just didn't do well with like money right so like money had bled out. So I didn't have any. Um, so it's like, I've just, so now I just, I overcorrect. I'm like, I'm mad enough now. All right, fuck it. I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had not really any savings or anything committed to like doing it, but I'd already, I'd already left. So there ain't no going back. Yeah. And I knew I just had to leave whether I had money or not. I had to go. Right. And at this time you were married. In- um, not married, not married, yeah, so, but with your wife now wife. Uh, yep. 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 So and, and kids, Yep. So she was, um, she was uh, living at home with her parents at this time now. And I was living in my buddy's mom's pantry mm-hmm. at the time. So this is when I moved into my buddy's mom's house. She had a pantry, an old Y2K pantry in the basement, which is probably her COVID pantry. Now she let me sleep in that pantry on like a little twin mattress with like nothing. And I, man, I think, dude, it's like, you and I were talking, I think it was like nine 30 or eight 30. It was dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably what year was this? This night. was probably 18. It had to be. 18, yeah, 19, I've been in real estate five years. So, yeah. and this is right when I got my 
online course that Kate, my significant other, purchased for me yeah. um, from my online course. So this was this was about five and a half years ago is all the time that's gone by, man, since from then to now. Maybe call it six years because it took me about a month or two to go through the course and get licensed. So and I've been in real estate for five years and four months. So call it six almost mm-hmm. uh, for easy math. But yeah, man, it was it was nine o'clock at night. I'm in the parking lot at Target. I think I was buying some toothpaste or some bullshit, right? Like, and um, yeah, I was like, man, let me just, let me call a buddy and just see if I can source a little bit of like, what what it was for was just breathing room. Yeah. Let me just source a little bit for just some breathing room and um, just to make sure I can, I can focus. And I remember, man, you're like, you know, like, and we were friends. I trusted enough to even ask. Yeah. I was also okay enough if it was going to be no, like you have to have that trust. And, and you're like, Hey, Will, listen, man, I, I know, I know it seems like I'm doing well because we're getting yeah. some wins, but I've got, bro, I've got so much money going out. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of actually bleeding out at the moment. I'm taking a lot more losses with money going out than coming in. I just, and I don't have it. And yeah, so, sorry, and so dude. to speak to that a little bit. So from the outside, you know, 2018 guys, um, we, we had started lean kitchen. We had started franchising. We sold a handful yeah. of franchises and I had a couple stores of my own that were, doing well and so on the outside looking in it's so funny because talking about i don't ever talk about this but on the outside looking in in 2018 austin's balling you know oh he lives in a pretty nice house he's got two two good stores he's um he's franchising this new meal prep company and they've sold x number of locations i mean he's doing well and literally that was the complete image but what people didn't see was that my wife was paying most of our bills for a period of time because my franchise company, the royalties and everything, we had no stores and I still had to have a staff to support them. And so I'm bleeding out eight, 10, $12,000 a month. And so all the money that my stores were even making plus mine, plus some savings was getting put into the franchise company and we're bleeding it out every month. Like people don't see that, you know? So cash is oxygen. You know, I don't get I don't really get on board with the whole cash is king or cash is trash. No, cash is oxygen when you're growing a business and even just for breathing room, just in your personal life. And so I'm putting money into this account and bleeding it out. Will calls me, Will thinks I'm doing well. And I'm like, dude, yeah, exactly. Like you said, I'd love to help you. I know it looks like a lot of dubs, but I'm taking serious L's in the background and had to, had to tell you, no, and yeah, did you call anybody else? Was that, I mean, what, what'd you do? No, man. Uh, I just, I just got by. Um, I remember I sold, I, I got rid of cars just to like minimize. Right. But I didn't make any money on cars. Like I had a BMW M3 at the time, super cool car, but like I owed money on it. So like when I, you when didn't I need it at sold, that time at all. Like you were probably way in over your head on that car. Well, I mean, when you're back then, you know, it's like, you're just doing the math on like, all right, I make this much a month. My bills are this much. I'm good. You're not thinking yeah. about being upside down on a car and all that. Cause you're just not, you don't plan on selling stuff and things like that. And yep. so I got rid of that. Uh, and then I had to get rid of my truck too. I got rid of both vehicles. Um, and one of them, but I had to have a vehicle. So here's what happens, man. My mom rest in peace. She just passed away a couple months ago. Uh, she's my number one fan, dude. Like I I'm just, I'm me cause of my mom, right? Like I'll, I will love my kids properly because of my mom and support him and i remember talking to my mom i'm like i gotta get rid of i can't afford either payment like i've got no money coming in i've got no nothing she's like yep i get it and so i got rid of the beamer and speaking to like that i 
we have a guy that's going to buy the car. I'm, I'm making no money on this thing. Um, and it was, he's, he bought it out of Arizona. So the, the tow truck, the flatbed's coming to pick it up one morning. I intentionally go to the gym during this window. So, so I don't see, my, to see it. Yeah, it was just pain. I'm a car guy, man. It's just painful. It's also just like, it's also just like, you know, it's not failure, but man, you're losing your stuff. Like you're really taking a step it's back. It's a major it's shot to you, shot so, to your yeah. ego, shot to your pride. And you're like, man, just so I, I go to the gym. I'm at the gym. And Kate was taking our daughter, you know, somewhere. And so we had just, so this is like, I just got my real estate license, but no money had come in at all. I just, you know, and um, we had a little townhome now. I'm out of the pantry I was in for like three months. We're in this little one bedroom townhome that Kate is paying for, not for me. She's like, hey, you got to get out of that pantry. You're getting close to graduating for your exams. You, you need some space to study and work and cool. So we're there little one bedroom place. And I go to the gym cause like the car's getting picked up and bless her heart. Right. She's not a car girl or anything. And they're just oblivious to our, to our feelings. Right. About I'm at cars. the gym and she's, and she's taking Chloe, I think to her mom's house or something to go visit grandma. And, and she takes a picture of the car in the flatbed in traffic. And she's like, I didn't want that picture. She's like, babe, so crazy. Like, I think I actually like saw your car this morning. I was just like, fuck are you doing right now you know so it's like <laughs> just if I had weight in my hands i'd have just let the weight fall on my face and i'd be dead but yeah man and i had to get rid of my truck as well because so i broke even on that but i couldn't afford the truck payment mm-hmm. um and the truck of course i'm upside down on my truck so I, i'm talking to my mom and she's like well you need a car like you're where the brokerage is at and getting started like you need a car and so my mom's like hey we'll go figure it out and i, I love this about my mom i don't know if you had this with your parents austin but my mom was like all right just don't tell your dad, but I'll come help you. So she couldn't afford the payment, dude. She couldn't afford anything, but she had amazing credit and she was technically on my dad's business or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, we were, she was able to qualify for a car and we couldn't get a cheap Chevy or anything because on cheap cars, they won't let them hold 120% loan to value, but I was upside down on the truck we're getting rid of. Yeah. So we got a little, we got a little Cadillac, which is indicative of like my grandpa, some cool stuff there. And, um, my mom was like, Hey, just don't fuck me. Like you have to make sure this payment gets done. And dude, not only did I go upside down on that Cadillac out of the gate, they gave me a $2,000 cash back rebate. That's where the 2000 came from. I could put the 2000 cash in the bank for gas money. So the money that I asked you for, I ended up getting Mm -hmm. on a rebate on the car and I'm like, well, cool. The car was a couple hundred bucks a month. So I got 2000. So I was like, I got a little bit of gas money there. And I've also probably got 90 days of payments. You got a little oxygen. A little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and dude, so I'm driving home. Or I'm, I'm from the dealership. The guy that runs that dealership, uh, he's taking my mom home because I got to go back to work, dude. I got calls to make and other stuff. And on the way back to work, I got a call. Uh, from a buddy of mine that one of our Marine Corps buddies had just got hit on his bike dead on scene. Mm. And uh, yeah, man, just like, it's interesting how like when you're in like a very vulnerable state in life, things just hit hard. And I'm like going back to this brokerage in a car that's not mine, wearing a tie that's not mine. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I, man? And I almost felt bad for myself, dude. I almost felt like, and and the thoughts were like, man, I was so accomplished in the Marine Corps, you know, I was so accomplished, you know, as a police officer. And, uh, and then I started feeling like, man, I'm just on a string of bad decisions. Like 
why did I get out of that world? Like I was great at it. I was accomplished at it. And then like, man, I want to go be this entrepreneur, like all these romantic feelings. I'm like, man, did I let people seduce me out of just like the work that I'm great at? Like maybe like no matter how much I love baseball, I just suck at fucking baseball and I shouldn't be playing baseball. And like, and dude, such a dangerous, dangerous vulnerable position to be by yourself in a car where you'll just let yourself fucking have it cycle into a, a storm of pity yeah pity and then just knee-jerk reaction of like now you're not doing real estate you're going back to the police department and maybe i'm not even alive talking to you today who knows mm-hmm. but i knew what like i took a pause man i like I, I i you know i didn't know real estate yet very well i didn't know a lot of things very well yet but i knew i knew me i knew stressful environments and i knew enough to just like identify that that was dangerous and then just pause and just go, Hey man, you don't make permanent decisions when you're high or when you're low, your, your high highs and your low lows. Hey man, we're not making any decision there. So yeah, I had enough. That's great advice in, in for everybody. Right. So I had enough poise to just shut my thinking off. I knew I was just ranting and I was, I was self ventilating and I went and I just continued to go to work and I made, I made my calls, right. I made my calls. And I didn't call home. I didn't vent to my significant other or any of that. And it's interesting, man, because so I go back to work, make my calls for a couple of hours, bang some stuff out, be productive. And then I'm going home. And um, Kate calls me on the way home. Just checking in because she's got something to tell me. So she's calling, I'm on my way home and she's like, Hey, how's your day? This and that. And you know, you get a car taken care of. I'm like, yeah, I got taken care of. And she's like, how's your day? And like, I told her about our, our, my buddy Calvin and, and she's like, she's crying a little bit and you know, and I'm like, Hey, like, don't cry. Now I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm like, Hey, don't cry for me. Like he's got family. He's got closer friends than me. I wasn't Uber close to him. He was just a great friend of mine through my Uber close friends. And mm-hmm. you know, like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, and now I'm getting back into the, like, you know, don't, don't feel it at all now. Don't feel bad for me at all. And, and, um, I'm like, okay, I'll be home soon. I'm on my way home. She's like, okay. And dude, I get home and, and she's still kind of crying. She's pregnant. And, uh, and she's like, and I'm like, Hey, don't like, it's okay. You know? And, and she's like, no, we got to talk. And you know, bro, like that's the whole John Deere letter talk. Right. Like, and I see an envelope on the counter and I'm like, man, was she going to leave me a letter? Versus just telling me, but maybe now she should tell me like, and dude, I've made no money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and I made a comment under my breath, kind of, kind of similar. She's like, what? And I'm like, nothing. And um, yeah, man. So I go to the kitchen and I open her letter for me and it was a pregnancy test. We were pregnant. Yeah. And, and like such a, but like, you know, it was interesting, man. Like, and I kind of cry now. I had never been numb before. I'd never been um, absent of like feeling like, but just like pain of like losing a buddy, but then also just pain of like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? And then like gratitude or at least the feeling that you're supposed to feel gratitude when you hear, you know, that you're pregnant. Man, I was literally like in the eye of a storm, I guess, per se, like an emotional storm. And, and people have gone through worse than me. I'm just describing how I felt at the time. And I've been through a lot of stressful shit in life. Just not like this, not entrepreneurship, not business and bills and babies. Like I've been under different types of stress via Marine Corps and police work. And it doesn't necessarily translate. It's, it's not congruent with each other, right? They're just different. Yeah. 
And man, like, you know what I really appreciate about her is, you know, like she, Hey, are you okay? And I said, I'm just, uh, clearly I'm not reacting how most men quote unquote men react when they're, when they're having a baby. Like, dude, I wasn't crying. I wasn't, I was just stoic. Taking it in. Yeah. I wish it were stoic. Stoic would mean like you're probably taking it in to like say something awesome, right? Like, no, I'm like, I'm like, um, just froze. Yeah. And um, I said, hey, I'm just, I'm numb. And she's like, hey, I understand. And I didn't understand this until a year later for perspective. I'll give you a gift of how strong women are. Um, Cause you know, I have a stepdaughter. So we'll get to that here in a sec. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, would you mind if I just take a shower? Like, and she's like, yeah. She's like, are you okay? I go, I promise I'm okay. I promise this is, this is a great thing and I'm okay. I just, let me just take a shower. And, you know, I kept grinding for a couple weeks, buddy. And then here was the paradigm shift. We find out we're having a boy and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm calling my leads. I'm wearing my fucking tie. Cause again, I'm like, I've got enough discipline. I'm going to go to work and be productive and I'm not making any permanent decision on any highs of highs or any lows of lows and, and lows just because you're done crying doesn't mean you're through it. Mm-hmm. So I like, I'm still in a low. I haven't made any money yet. I'm doing the thing, but I'm not making a decision to get away from it. Cause I'm not making any permanent decision in that window. I've got to get more clarity and I've just got to get a different transition. So I know if I do leave, it's for the right reasons. Right. So I'm going to work and just grinding it out for the next couple of weeks. I'm being productive. I'm calling my Zillow leads and all that bullshit. And, and uh, we find out we're having a boy and this is what changes for me, man, because I was raising a little girl at the time. Little boys want to be you. Literally. When you have a, and this is just my, my thoughts, my opinion. A little girl, you are the example of what she should look for in a man. So they, they look up to that and there's, there's some things there of like, you know, what they should look for and be attracted to and be treated a certain way. But little boys literally want to be you. There is no separation. Mm -hmm. Their dad's a hero. Their dad's this thing. Like they want to be you. There's no, not like you, not, they just, they want to be you, man. Like there's no separation there. And so I started thinking about, well, what am I? Right. Like I'm starting to think of like the Marine Corps and like the cool shit infantry, a little bit of so common there. You know, like I won some, some good awards as a cop and like, man, I'm sitting in my car and I'm like, so everything cool about me is already over. Like everything cool about me is done. Like everything I'm going to be able to tell my son one day, like he's not going to live any of it. I'll just tell him how cool dad was. Bro. I went in like paradigm shift. I was like, no, fuck that. And I didn't know if I was going to leave real estate or not, but I was like, you know what, man, I'm going to go so fucking hard in the paint on this and commit with every bit of attention to detail, care, composure, compassion, ability to improvise, adapt and overcome. And I'm going to go hard for 12 months. And this is either going to work or something or someone will come from the work that I do and take me into a different industry and I'll be successful there. But something will derive from this, just like something has derived from everything else. And I took the fucking tie off and I'm like, man, I'm going to make real estate fit me. I'm not going to fit real estate. I'm not putting this fucking tie on. If it's not me, I'm not, I'm not going to stand in line and just be a commodity like everybody else. Like I've got, I've got to utilize my skill set and my ability to be unique in my favor 
or stand in line and maybe make money in 10 years in real estate. Maybe. So, but, so that's, that, that's the perfect transition to what I want to talk to you about breaking into real estate. Yeah. Okay. So obviously so many people have their freaking real estate license and there's this saying out there, 10% of licensed realtors do 90% of the work, sure. whether that's spot on or not. Yeah. You know, I know it's close. Yep. And so, so many people struggle to break in and what you just said, you ripped off the tie and I'm going to be me. You know, here's so why. many, so many, I had realtors- one friend, buddy, I was taking a buddy for, for uh, some showings. It was a Saturday. I was out with family. He's like, Hey dude, this house just popped up. No rush. Um, but would love to see you. I'm like, no bro, we'll go right now. I'm on the way. I'm dropping family off. I'll come see you. I was in such a rush. I still had my flannel shirt on and my jeans. I get there and he goes, dude, it's about time. And I was like, motherfucker, I ain't never late. And he's like, no, dude, you took that fucking tie off. He's like, you don't need that, man. We're friends. And you know, my flannel shirt looked nice. My jeans were nice. And what I realized was, man, like a lot of people knew me from Fit Republic and law enforcement, other stuff in Colorado, and they trusted me. I had a good reputation. I had a good word. But the second they asked me about real estate or something, I go visit them and I'm in a tie. It's like, ah, what's the catch? You're being oh, someone now you you're getting all salesy on me. So I'm not saying don't wear the suit. Don't wear the tie. I'm saying, you know, be authentically yourself. I've got friends that wear suits and they wear it well, and that's them. Cool. For me, and leaning into the cards I was dealt with the people that I knew, it wasn't a good play because, they, hey, Will was Will. You don't got to put the – hey, man, that, that, that looked like a sales tactic, not a relationship builder, right? So, man, breaking in was that. And breaking in was something that you knew I was hard in the paint on at Fit Republic, and that was video. Yes. I knew out of the gate, if you want to be at scale and if you want to build relationships, and if you want to be yourself, but then let people know who you are, they got to know, like, and trust you. And there's one way you can scale. I was creating content out of fucking everything I was doing. I wasn't trying to be the know-it-all. I was just documenting what I was doing with clients and the care that I had. And I was documenting what I was learning, which then in trace turned into teaching people what I had learned. And it was through social media and scaling video consistently, man. I did 34 deals my first year. And then, you know, the rest is history. And now, now I don't need Austin for his money. I just need him for his hair, right? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, man. The, that's it, so many people miss that BU. They want to, whether it's real estate and they want to get in and they want to put the button up yeah. shirt on and be on a billboard with their name. And that's their advertisement or doing what you think you're supposed to be rather than just being yourself. And that sounds like that's been a pivotal key to your success is you realize I need to be yeah. me. Well, now we've got a YouTube channel, right? Our, our YouTube channels. I mean, shit, we were on the Drew Barrymore show because of that channel, right? And, you know, that channel has – do we did 140 transactions last year alone just from YouTube. Okay, That's- so YouTube let, – let's talk about your YouTube channel because it's kick-ass. Because yeah. to me – so correct me if I'm wrong here. In a nutshell, give me the elevator pitch on what type of content you put out. It's consumer-based, man. It's called Living in Denver with the Mile High Property Brothers, man. So, everything you need to know about living in Denver. And 80,000 people moved here last year. By the way, this works in every state. I've got agents that work with us that make four hundred grand a year in Tennessee, in Idaho, in Florida. Like This isn't just a Will and Eli thing in Colorado. Yes. The point was you just got to get direct to consumer and you got to go bigger. Well, we were creating titles and content off of what people were utilizing YouTube for, which is a search engine. Then Google bought YouTube. So Google's promoting YouTube when people Google where they should live in Denver or, De- or the surrounding areas. And that content just took off and we had our call to action. 
on our videos, right? Hey, we are licensed brokers in the state of Colorado. And just as much as we love making these videos, we'd love more to help you with your real estate needs. That number that's still up below. Yeah. Are the guys trying to the phone calls, text messages, and those emails? So if there's something we can do to help you, we'd love to. But with that being said, let's talk about the five things you must know before moving to Denver. And we just we still do that. Two videos a week for the last three years. But that channel's made more than $3 million in two and a half years of commissions. And, that, and that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. That's the key. He wasn't looking for He wasn't looking for how can we sell houses. He was looking for how can we provide content to genuinely help people and just garner attention and be the expert. I think there's something to be said. I don't care what your industry is. There is major success that comes from showing that you're the expert of what you do, whether it's business coaching, whether it's real estate, whether it's selling supplements in the store. And dude, it's it's attraction as in people don't have to call, text or email. Like I'm going to give you all this content, all this information with no expectation that you use me which makes people want to use you even more. And what's great, man, is like the type of clients we get from it. They see my tattoos. They hear me talk. They see me talk. Like there are people you do a Zillow lead. It's a blind date. You don't know if they're going to like you or not like you. You're halfway kissing their ass and right. in their shitty shoes. Cause you're trying to say something nice. Like, yeah. And you have to call them all the time to track them down and get them to convert on, on our YouTube channel, man. Like we've had people watch our channel from the beginning and then they didn't, you know, and then they didn't even buy for two years because they just weren't ready. The move wasn't ready. It wasn't the time. But then when it was the time, they decided to move. So it's a long play of understanding that. But the bottom line is when people are empowered to, to make the decision to call, text, or email you, they're choosing to work with you, man. And it's a different, different experience when it comes to clients. And so now we're teaching all of that. And, you know, it was super empowering too, right, of like being – just being appreciative of people around you. So like cash turns a year old, right? At the time we're doing decent. Like I'm doing, I did 34 deals my first year. So I'm getting on top and awesome. Right. And like, here's what's so crazy about when I say subjectively people's pain cash was a year old and I'm talking with Kate out in the backyard. And, uh, I just thanked her. I said, Hey, I know. So I've got a stepdaughter, right? Chloe. She's never had a dad. I've been, so when I came around, when we first started dating, I was like, dad, two weeks into this thing, right? Like Kate got a new job, but it started before Chloe went to school and she got off after Chloe got off. So like, I'm like picking Chloe up for school or excuse me, I'm taking her to school. I'm then picking her up, taking her to my office, feeding her peanut butter and jelly while I'm working and learning how to do little kid homework. Right. She's five. Um, and so I'm dad, she's never had dad. And I'm th- so cash is a year old. We're doing well. I'm doing 34 deals pre YouTube and all that, but we're, we're in a place where like we can breathe, man. We're doing all right. I made 240,000 my first year. Um, you know, you, you live, I live in Colorado. So like there's a little bit more expense, but we're okay. We have a little, mm-hmm. uh, a rental house now and, and we're doing well. And it was at his birthday. We stepped outside from all the family seeing kiddos and it was just her and I hanging out outside. And I was just like, Hey, I really appreciate you. Cause like, when you told me we were pregnant and, and we were first, I'm a, it's like, you know, like I know that wasn't ideal. And bro, she had no perspective of like how um, strong she was for me. Mm-hmm. Like what I was thanking her for was kind of like foreign because I was just numb. And, you know, I said, Hey, I just never had the opportunity to like, thank you for that. Cause everything just started going so quick of me leaning in and wanting to be a good dad and a good man that I never just paused to, to readdress that moment. And thank you. And him being one years old kind of made me reflect and she's like, no, like you were fine. Like you weren't. And I'm like, no, like I was numb. Now I'm trying to convince her. No, 
Motherfucker, yeah. I'm trying to thank you. Take the fucking yeah. say you're welcome, right? And she's like, no. And and um, and I'm like, well, I just felt like here's where I was at. And she's like, Well, I'm just glad you didn't ask me to get rid of him. Wow. Like uh, because that's what somebody asked her to do when she was pregnant with Chloe. Oh man. Right. Yeah. So like this whole time, I think I'm like being hard for her because I'm, I'm numb and I'm going through something. And the reality was she was just appreciative that someone was willing to fight and, and see it through. Yeah. And then you're just like, man, like you just never know like what someone's going through. Right. You just hundred percent being appreciative, but like how, how unassuming, how quietly supportive and strong, like she was back then to just really let me focus. Right. Like such a gift, you know, I know yeah. that's, I'm a little delayed in delivering that point, but such a gift, right? Well, taking the moment too to vocalize that gratitude. You know, me and you, I know that's something we've talked about a hundred times. Like gratitude is everything. Yeah. Everything. And and God's not gonna give you more if you aren't grateful for what you got. And, and it's the expression of, right? Let's go one step further. It's almost like taking time to give the appropriate expression of gratitude because if you look at like love languages and different stuff, it's like, man, like my expression of gratitude is literally what I do every day. Mm -hmm. And I compare it to like our fathers, right? Like I know everything they did for us was because they loved us, but it doesn't excuse you from still saying, I love you. Right. Like just because you're doing things and giving effort, like to show love doesn't excuse you from having to say that you love somebody. Right. So like, mm -hmm. that's where I've gotten better. I think I've always shown gratitude as far as like by expressing my hard work and grind and commitment, but you still got to pause and articulate certain things because not everybody takes your display or your expression of gratitude the same way. Like, yeah. so it's just learning how to, what's that deliverable? Is it, is it affection? Is it time spent? Is it words of affirmation? Like, like, and it's typically a little bit of everything, right? Like of just, I think that's where I've gotten a little bit better, man, of is just trying to express some of the gratitude that I have versus just displaying it through hard work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great mm -hmm. message, man. This is spot on. I mean, we've dug into speed bumps the whole entire episode, which is yeah, bro. I'm a bumpy fucking road. I'm like motocross, right? Like all yeah. You're going through the whoops. Oh, hold on <laughs> to that shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. It, you've nailed the speed bumps. So I, I love it. So to kind of land the plane on things, yeah. um, I, I, I want, well, first of all, I want to know what's next for you. Where do you want to end up? I mean, what are you chasing now? Yeah. Uh, let me ask you that first. Yep. So, okay. So we've got the YouTube channel, right? Living in Denver. It, it creates a couple million a year in revenue. It's only getting busier. Awesome. We've got a podcast day $1 zero. That's, that's got over a million downloads. Awesome. Uh, I'm at 170 something thousand followers. A lot of that's credit to Annie Frisella for having me on his podcast. Um, but Hey, awesome. So the next step is, uh, we just created a YouTube course online. You guys can find it in my link tree on Instagram. So if you guys go to Will underscore Grimes, G-R-I-M-E-S, you guys will find me on, on Instagram. Throw me a follow. I'll throw you a follow back. Throw me a message. I will literally message you back within the same day. I'm really good on Instagram. But we've got a YouTube course now that we sell. And it's everything people need to know when it comes to like how to build your brand and your business uh, within like your real estate career with YouTube. So the big mission now is just helping everybody do what we've done. So between the YouTube course, I also do elite coaching now. So, um, it's one-on-one -on -one coaching that then transitions into group coaching. So I coach you one-on-one -on -one for a while. And as you ascend, I put you in the most, um, accurate group that you should be in. And then I allow you to benefit from small group training and, and relationships there. So, but the, the big goal with that is, 
just taking leadership and influence as far as we can and just giving that gift of like what we have figured out in business and in brand to just allow everybody else to grow as well. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. So live events, online courses, podcasting, personal production, social media, you name it, man. It's all an effort of just really scaling and influencing everybody else that we can. Right. Cause like, I think what I, what I really want to be is like the guy you and I didn't really have, we just had to figure it out. Yeah. We kind of want to be that guy we wish we had. So we're doing everything possible to really just be resourceful and give enough tools to help everybody else, you know, coming up, just give those teachables and those deliverables for them to win. Man, I was just telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, I still have a long way to go in my own career. I'm sure you feel the same way about yourself. Mm -hmm. And although we aren't to where we want to be, and we aren't to what the pinnacle of success is, whatever the hell that is for people, um, for us, my, I feel like, my I, my burning desire is to start to help people more get do this podcast more give mm-hmm. people an opportunity to learn from me give people an opportunity to learn from guests like yourself give people an opp- like man that desire to truly help people is within me and i feel like you have that same thing and so for people who want to get to know will for people who want to know a place to start especially in real estate where the dude's killing it um i can just say you know, I'm fortunate enough that we have a great relationship and we can just call and talk with each other. But man, if there's people out there that you're wanting to make a jump and you're, you can't figure out what your move is, or you're in real estate and you can't figure out why you can't get traction, this is your guy. And I mean that, 100%. I mean that for sure. I mean, he and it works everywhere. To help you. Brand yeah. building, dude, we've got guys in such small towns, like people might think like, oh, it works because Denver. No, man, we've got extremely no. successful people. And uh, you're, are you a religious guy, Austin? Yeah, so I actually I'm gonna do an episode on religion soon, but uh, I I I'll, I'll just say this real quick. So my wife and I we uh, we were going to church a little over a year ago and hadn't been back to a church. We hadn't really found one we loved, and man, we started two months ago back at one we really really like. And they, so where I was just coming from when I said I was telling somebody the other day, every time I leave church on Sunday, I have this like desire within that I feel like God's placed in me to I want to go record a podcast. And I'm not trying to be way too religious here for people, but for me, that is my uh, foundation. And, mm-hmm. and I've really, me and my wife have both really dove in heavy in this last couple months and really enjoyed what we're getting from it. And so yeah. I feel like that's there for that reason. Why do you ask? So I'll, I'll, it's, it, I'll, so your statement of like your desire to want to go give a podcast, like I'll, I'll break it down to you, right? Like, and it really just comes down to like you've got a set of gifts, right? You've got a skill set. You've got a gift. I feel like I've got some skill sets. I've got gifts. We all do, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we're so busy, like in the practitioner state of just figuring things out and growing, we we tend to forget or we've just never realized like that gift, like it's not yours, man. It's God-given, right? And when you realize that that gift is supposed to go through you, not to you, you'll start understanding like why you probably have an ambition to go record a podcast or to go do more. It's like, well, because that's the intent, like God's giving you something. hundred percent. You're going to have a byproduct. You're going to have a house or a car because you're going to show some successes and you're going to enjoy because you're still working hard. There's yeah. still things you can have to enjoy about life. And, and you're going to have a lot of those. And those are going to be the byproduct of allowing a gift to just congruently go through you. Yes. You're like the deliverable to give that to other people. Right. hundred so percent. Yeah. I really just had to get there with it. Right. Like you just have to get to a place of, you know, like if people see like, you know, my big house or the land, but like all those things are fun. Those are also just testaments of like, if you want to get after it and live your dream and live a certain way, 
hey, you more than can. So like there's a lot of like, you know, like when Andy Frisella shows his stuff for other people and, and whatnot, like it's just really showing what's possible. And when you see that stuff, it's validation that it is possible. It's not just be people just talking about it. So there is validity in material and really solidifying people's vision of what's possible, knowing that you're literally showing it, right? Like when people come to my house for events, there's something that that triggers for them, right? Like part of their imagination, part of connecting the dots, but it's still intended to go through me. Yeah. Not to me. Right. So that's where that bigger mission comes into play of like, man, that's why I feel so much that way. That's why, you know, like, so when you say, man, I just want to go do a podcast after church, like there's just perspective and there's a message. And not only did, you know, the pastor have a message, but man, I've got my own interpretation of that message that I want to give. And like, well, I think now you're starting to realize as you've been successful in business and you got your head, you can take your head up out of the dirt for a minute because you're successful and you're like, what's next? It's like, well, now you realize how much power can be translated through you to the next guy and making them successful. And, but I do think that that's also just, that's, that's kind of like what comes with the gift is that feeling in your heart that for you to keep it to yourself would not serve you. Man, I feel like if I have these gifts to be able to, um, and not that I'm the most amazing guy at podcasting in the world, I'm going to continue to improve. But if I have these gifts to have the, I'm going to say balls for lack of a better word, balls to get on here and, and, and put my message out there and people tell me they enjoy it and they want to listen. Like yep. a lot of people have gifts and they never do shit with them. And, and they're, they're naturally likable people. You know, it reminds me of what Joe Rogan said about Conor McGregor back in the day. A lot of people have these gifts and they, they bang a lot of chicks, they drink and they, they fuck it all up. They throw yep. it all away. And I don't want that, man. I want to, I want to go through life and know, yeah, I fulfilled my calling. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I, I did what it went through. Well, those guys show you what not to do, right? Like it still went through them. It mm-hmm. just came out in a translation of showing how not to be. Yeah. It gives you the perspective of, which, of how not to be. So then you don't be, you be that person. So it's still a gift. It's still through them. It's which is the whole reason. You. Go ahead. Right. And it was, it just means it's up to you on how, like, it's going to go through you whether you like it or not, I guess. Right. It's just really where you want to sail that boat and, and control to the best of your ability, what you want that message to be. And dude, you don't think you're the most successful guy, but like, imagine, imagine an escalator at the mall. Okay. And we'll call that first step. Like you're going to step onto the escalator to go up, right? That first step is Grant Cardone, Andy Frisella, Gary V. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they're the only step and that step starts going up, there's no other steps in between. Okay. And what I mean by that is like, as much as the Grant Cardones and the Gary V's and the Andy's are, are fun to listen to, they're almost not even fathomable anymore because of how far they've gone in success. So if we want people to connect the dots, but there's no other steps on that escalator to climb to the top, like how do they ever like put that into place? So like what I'm getting at is like guys like you and I, man, we're that next step. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're successful, but we're not that much further than other people wanting to start, which means everything we say is relatable. It's tangible. They can see where we're at. It almost makes it more doable to take action. If you're watching Grant Cardone flare on his fucking jet, as awesome as and that talk is, about like, and talk about having 35,000 units. It's tough for you to be bro, like, Grant, so will cool. appreci- Grant will appreciate me buying a duplex. No, yeah, but, but, but it's you, like not buying a duplex is a win, bro. It is. And just living like that. It's like, you can't even connect a dot to a dream because you can't even see how he got there. But right. 
you sit on a phone call with me for an hour, you can still see how I got there. You still know which steps take what. And then it's no different like when you're driving a car. Like if you drive home from work, no street lights, no city lights, you got your headlights. You don't need to see home, man. You're going to see 200 feet in front of you with your with your headlights. Yep. But then once you get 200 feet, you're going to see the next 200 feet and you'll make stops and goes and lefts and rights and merges and exits. And you're going to find your way home. You don't have to see home. But I feel like Grant Cardone and all these guys, it's like they're home, dude. There's like I can't see shit. But like guys like you and I, we're just ahead enough where we can paint that path for a lot of people that get them started. And then by the time to where they get to where we're at. They can see like that next step. And dude, it almost makes guys at our level more important to get people going at these levels than leaving it up to these guys that have quote unquote made it. Yeah. We just try to translate all of it. It's and, could you and, imagine your seven year old son having to play in like a major league baseball game to learn baseball? Right. Well, no, in, in, no. In, in, in getting in the car and driving and that analogy of getting home, yeah. a lot of people right now back to what this episode started with. You mm. couldn't figure out what you wanted to do. Most people get in the car and they look at the windshield. And if you're looking at the windshield and not through the windshield, sure. you're going to wreck. Sure. And, and so I, I agree with you completely. There's got to be, there's got to be steps in between there. And that's motivating for me and to see your, yeah. your success with everything. I mean, yeah, it's, but it's definitely something deep within us that was placed there that was, uh, it was intentional, and, and I feel like it's irresponsible of me, of you, to not act on those desires. You have to. And then for folks yeah. that are listening to this, you know, like if you're if you're just getting started, or if you're in your first couple of years, whatever it is, hey, you're in that practitioner phase. You're building your gift. Don't feel like you've got to give it to everybody. Sometimes the gift you're giving is just showing everybody that you're starting. Yeah. Like that can be so empowering in itself. Don't feel like you have to teach everybody everything. Like it's okay for you to be a practitioner. It's okay to dive in and learn knowing that the gift that you're giving everybody is to empower them to start because you're starting. And then now all the other skill sets you're building along the way, at some point you're going to give those away, but it's just very important that for your first couple of years or however long it takes to make you successful, it's important that you really hone in and you really perfect your gifts so when you do give them away, there's integrity behind them that they will help other people. Man, right? I was going to ask your biggest piece of advice for people who want to get started, but you just nailed it. It's that, right? It's like, yeah. don't be the gift giver too soon because yep. then you have to question, are you doing it for money? Are you doing it for insecurity? Are you doing it because instead of doing the work, you'd rather feel like you're doing the work by quote unquote, teaching somebody something like you got to have a lot of integrity and there's a lot of responsibility behind giving a gift, letting something go through. You've yeah. got to make sure that your skill set. And your contextual experience is really is really accurate because people are now listening to the advice that you're giving, but also just give yourself permission to be a little selfish, knowing it's okay to build my skill sets, okay to build my gifts before I, I, I feel like I should give them away, right? And again, the first gift you're giving is that you're just displaying that you're empowering yourself to take that step and, and giving others that gift of action is, is more than enough, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Last thing I just want to land on um, to tell everybody here listening. It was approximately five years ago, okay? Mm -hmm. Guys, Will's asking me for a loan. He's getting out of this pantry. He's at a very low place selling his vehicles, can't afford shit, and over his head. Yep. The same time, Will's calling me. Looks like I'm big balling from the outside when in reality, I'm losing my ass every month. And today as we sit here, although we have a long way to go, I'm very proud of what we both accomplished. And yeah. 
materially, um, internally, uh, our, with our families, maintaining, you know, positive relationships, maintaining a positive relationship with one another, seeing us both win. And I hope that when you listen to this and you go back and listen again, cause there was so much good shit in here. I hope that you realize no matter where you're at right now, man, your life can look like a 180 in five years. And I mean that, like I have goosebumps right now. I'm, I swear your yeah. life can look so damn different in four or five years of buckling down. You could have complete financial freedom if that's what you're after. You could have a great relationship with your wife or husband if that's what you're after. Um, you could be there for your kids. You can have the cool fucking car. You can go on the trips. Like it, it really can look so different if you take that mindset that Will talked about at literally the 41, 42 minute mark, go back to the 42 minute mark in this thing. He talks about, I'm going to go all in for a year and just shut up and quit feeling sorry for myself. And, and look, it's, it, it's paid off huge. You follow yeah. him, you'll go see, he's got a badass Lamborghini. He's killing it. <laughs> uh, and, it's getting and twin it, turbo soon. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's cheap. It's going to turbo build on it. And you know, what's been fun about our relationship, man, is, you know, I've always been, you've always been a guy. I think I've always been a guy for you. You've always been a guy for me where we were in, we were at similar levels as far as like growing, right? Like, and um, now as we continue to grow, we can always lean on each other for positive reinforcement, for encouragement. And Hey man, great job. You know, and if we're celebrating cars together, whatever, we know the work and time that took into it. So telling each other, congratulations, I think feels different from you to I, but we also can just give unbiased opinion. Like when I've asked you about certain groups or certain this or certain that, like we're super close buddies yet. We're not in each other's circle. Picking up where we pick up where we left off every time we do, but, but we don't, we're also not directly related to each, each other's local circle. Yeah. So if you ever ask me advice, like I got no dog in the fight, I've got no bias. I've got no something I want to be nice about. I've got no person I can't speak about or like, you and I are just completely independent from each other's circle on a regular basis, which just allows us to be naked of any bias and just really give a, our, our contextual thoughts. And I think it's cool to have friends, you know, in your close circle and all that stuff, but it's also cool to just get a bird's eye view and independent perspective on things at times, man. I think that's, I think that's really cool that we have that. Yeah, I agree. And that's how, have, have, have people in your life that of course want to see you win but have people in your life that you don't have to be stuck up each other's asses talking all the time. Me and Will will go six months without talking and I'll see an Instagram story. He bought a new house and I'm like, fuck yeah, man, congrats. Mm -hmm. and, and vice versa. So yeah, cool, man. Sharing that love. Dude, appreciate yeah. you having me on, man. Super yeah. fun. And obviously if any, anybody's listening to this, if you guys literally take me up on that challenge, message me on Instagram. Like I, I will, unless it's 10 o'clock at night, I got a baby. It'll be the next day. <laughs> but within a 12 to 24, hour, like I will, I will make sure I get back to you guys on Instagram and appreciate you sharing your platform with me, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That's the episode guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Go follow Will. Um, you know, Will, like I said, a hundred times here, I've enjoyed our friendship. Love seeing your success. I got no doubt it's going to continue and you'll kill it and keep inspiring people. So guys, you're going to listen to this. And then like five years, you're going to be like, Austin had Will Grimes on back when he was not well, as that's big. That's the message, man. Cause like, look, your, your win is that I asked you for money. My win is going to be, I started after this guy and I'm bigger than him. Like I got to, cause we still got those battles of sitting in your store at fit Republic of like, all right, whose theory is more right than the other guy. Right. Yeah. Like, well, now we're here. So now we're both on the racetrack, right? Trying to like outdo each other in a friend, in a friendly. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I'm here for it. I'm cheering on, I'm cheering you on. So yeah. Hey man, you like, what was, what's that saying? Um, 
about like you can't argue or you can't um, upset somebody that wants you to win or something like that. There's a great quote. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But it's something about um, like you can't compete against someone that wants you to win. I like that. Or something like that. I'm just yeah. like having a good circle. I like it's like good, it. just good circle romantics. Yeah, for sure. Guys, thanks for listening. Please share away if you enjoyed it. Until next time. <laughs>